It's only entertainment. Welcome back to the Talking Hedge. I'm Josh Kincaid, Capital Markets Analyst and host of your Cannabis Business Podcast. My guests with me today, Ashley and Riley Aguilar. They're with the um, the the Chronic Gals. Did I say that right? I'm sorry. Yep, yeah, nailed it. Yes. <laughs> Chronic Gals Podcast. Uh, so we're going to talk a little bit about the podcast, but also you guys have got a cool flagship program we're going to be chatting about too. So that's Root Knowledge. That's a Bud Tender's Guide to Cannabis. So Ashley and Riley, thanks again for being on the Talking Edge. Thank you for having us, Josh. We're Yay. excited to be here. Yes, um, finally. Yeah, I know. Yes. <laughs> We've known each other on, on social media for a little while, so it's yeah. nice that we actually get to be on each other's show, or on yeah. your show. Yeah. Maybe we'll have you on our show one of these days. Yeah, we can always <laughs> rap about whatever. But Chronic Gals, let's dive into that. What um, what inspired you guys to start that? You guys have been doing it for a few years, which is a lot better than a lot of people. They tend to yeah. maybe do a season or a couple episodes, and they're like, whoa, this is commitment. I'm out. But you guys have hung in there. Uh, you're you've beat the statistics. So tell me, uh, maybe maybe how how have you been so um, active? And then of course, tell me like how you got started and inspired. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm Ashleen, and this is Riley. Um, we are sisters, and I mean we've been smoking cannabis together for as long as we've each smoked cannabis. You know, our yep. early twenties, pretty mm-hmm. much, like a decade now. Yeah, <laughs> and. Um, when we started smoking was right about also when Washington State went, when they legalized. So kind of as that whole process was starting, we were both observing as consumers wanting to get into the industry. Um, eventually, I started working at a dispensary as a bed tender. Um, I worked for them for about a year and then ended up taking over their marketing because um, that's where my career background is in, is in marketing. So um, that's kind of how we got into the industry. As I was working in the dispensary, I worked next to a dispensary. (laughs) And so I was buying a lot of weed and we would just like talk and smoke and our conversations that we would have while we were under the influence were just like hilarious and funny and weird and just wild that we were like, we need to record this so other people can like laugh at our jokes, you know? And so we did. And that (laughs) was... Sorry. I just want to say we like to think of ourselves as that hippie stoner friend that you like go smoke with and then yeah. you leave their house and you're like, what the heck did we just what? talk about? So yeah, <laughs> that's kind of what our podcast is all about. Exactly. And but, that was like 2018. Mm-hmm. So this was like pre-pandemic. And yeah, so we did the podcast up until then. And then we moved from in-person podcast to online when the pandemic happened. And the rest is history. Yeah. And even then, as we were moving online, we even moved to different platforms like Clubhouse, where we started Mm -hmm. um, hosting Clubhouse rooms to kind of talk about the industry, um, to get other people's feedback, to see what other people were observing as well. And the one um, the one topic that continually came up was the bud tender experience, the buying experience, bud tender training, making sure that the people that you're buying from buying cannabis from actually know what they're talking about. So um, after, I don't know, three or four clubhouse rooms of that same topic kind of dominating, we looked at each other and realized that we could fill this gap. Um, We, between my experience, bud tending and marketing in the industry, just our experience as consumers and our interest in cannabis, just personally, we've learned enough to put it into a textbook and create something that dispensaries can use 
to train their their butt tender so everybody's speaking a common language so that's kind of how we got from the podcast to to take root mm -hmm. and and in between it's also you kind of being at the store and seeing in washington a lot of people don't realize we have more product SKUs than anywhere else it may be in the world by a long shot there's uh, there's one or two other states that have about two thirds of the products we do, but at almost 2000 SKUs, you walk in and it's not on a tablet like in Vegas. I mean, Vegas has, you know, Nevada has a lot less products than we do, but everything's on a tablet. So you don't even see it. So when you see four times the amount of product and it's all in your face, you're like, whoa, I don't even know what to do. So to have uh, a program in order to educate the educators, I think mm -hmm. it's paramount, especially when you have the amount of turnover that we do and a nascent industry that's new and, and changing. Like you don't even have Blue Dream that was so dominant uh, a few years ago. You have all these other you know, cultivars and, and new strains and, um, and, and proprietary oh, genetics, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And so mm -hmm. how do you even know unless you try a lot? Uh, and I guess it really boils down to terpenes. And unfortunately, Washington yeah. still kind of has these filters. I don't know. You guys are in Southwest Washington. I'm mm -hmm. right next to the airport. And I always thought it was tourist weed where I was at because you can only filter by price and THC percentage, which yeah. seems so like yesterday. Uh, <laughs> why can't I go and filter by terpenes? That seems insane. seems like that would be like base one is like, what's the result I want? Oh, there it is. Right. So there's a lot of, of issues, I think, that even – uh, an old, an OG state like Washington has to to learn from, you know, Nevada. I don't know if like we've just kind of sat on our laurels, you know, and haven't done anything. And then someone else is going to sweep us out, kind of like Uber took over cabs or whatever. Like if you sit on your ass too long, someone will come through and take over. And maybe that's going to be a delivery service that just robs all of these stores from being lazy. Mm -hmm. I don't know, but I'm ready for disruption. Yeah, for sure. Well, one thing that we noticed is that simply, like you said, like, um, we're one of the OG states. We've been developing this industry for the past decade now. And what I noticed was that dispensary managers and leadership were really focused on just trying to maintain compliance, trying to run the day-to-day -day of their store and not, you know, not get, have the LCB, not have the liquor con uh, cannabis board on their ass. Right. Mm -hmm. So the, the, the time and the energy to put into writing a decent training protocol that covers, you know, eight different product types, cannabis science, mm -hmm. the nervous system, like all of these different, how, like why all of the different concentrates are different from the other concentrates. That was, it took us a year and a half to write all of the content. And yeah. a lot of the leadership in a dispensary do not have a year and a half to focus on what is actually the right information that needs to go into a training book. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that's been one of the big problems is that they simply haven't had the time, space to prioritize or, or space to prioritize that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I like to think that we're the disruption because we don't want larger companies to come in, especially to Washington, to wipe us all out. Like we as two people really love the craft cannabis of it all, really love like the smaller business model because you get to you like smoke the love, you know, and out of like the MSOs that are coming through Oregon and California, leaving, and, leaving yeah. the, right. but I mean, they're still there. Yeah, they're, yeah. They are still there, but like you can, there's like a difference between the craft cannabis that you get from Washington and the MSO that you can get in Oregon or California. And we, I would say that's few and far between. I, I, um, 
So you guys, I don't know where you're at, but uh, TJ's is out of Portland, Oregon, and they have some of the best cultivars. Like w- when you smell somebody smoking, you're like, whoa, I want to jump into that. You know, that's when I go to like in Seattle on Third Avenue across from the, um, the courthouse has the the funkiest like the it's a homeless camp. But like what, wherever they get their stuff is like fire. You know, they have the best smelling weed in the entire state as far as I'm concerned. And I've been a little disappointed about, um, I don't know if you heard about the Leaf Bowl. The Northwest Leaf is having a cannabis mm-hmm. cup. And I've been testing 155 products over the last three weeks and incredibly disappointed by, um, so. you know, the smell and, and flavor and just overall uh, growing methods. A lot of plant growth um regulators are rpgs um or prgs i mean pgr (laughs) Uh, so i yeah you could taste it you could it's kind of like when you have a a vape pen and someone cuts it with glycol or some kind of cutting agent you know i just feel like there's a lot of that and when you have 400 some odd growers like maybe we don't need that many tomato farmers only have a couple and they all uh come together so i'd rather see these MSOs pave the way, fail, and then the infrastructure that they've developed is is a, a situation where these mama pops can come in and and fulfill because a lot of them need to just go away. Like I go and I, I bought um, Supernova, at this mm. brand in Washington State. It's a hundred and fifty dollar ounce or something. It was trash. <sighs> like, I, like um, what's it called? Five five arm farms or something it's like mm-hmm. one of my go-tos it's like a 30 dollar ounce it's organic it's outdoor maybe 17 percent pesticide free and it, it smokes way better than that 130 dollars. so as far as i'm concerned there's way too many i'd like to see uh better production cultivation methods all of that mm-hmm. and maybe um maybe that's all we need i don't know that's my opinion well it's interesting too because um you don't get those opinions oftentimes unless you talk to the bud tenders. And if you're not invest, if if you're a producer processor and you're not investing in the bud tending staff, then you're making a huge mistake. Because those are the even though you have your salespeople on your front line as part of your team, they're not the the, the last word to the consumer, mm-hmm. right? So if you're not investing in getting you know good product knowledge, good educational samples, um, even like incentives, it. I think in every state, the incentive program options are a little bit different, but some states can offer incentive programs. And if, you know, if producers and processors aren't taking advantage of those things to really invest in the bud tending staff, how is your name going to get out there? You know, and even getting feedback from the bud tenders too, who can say, okay, this $150 ounce was trash, but this $30 ounce is amazing. There's something here that needs to change. Mm let's create a baseline of bud tenders because maybe some people don't know what that is. So I went and I asked chat GPT, how important are bud tenders to the cannabis industry? And it came back and said that bud tenders can play a crucial role in the cannabis industry as the main point of interaction between customers and the product. They have a significant impact on customer satisfaction and they can drive sales. They're responsible for providing product knowledge, recommendations and customer service. And they play a key role in creating positive customer experience. Bud tenders also provide feedback to growers, processors, and suppliers, helping to improve product quality and the overall industry. And the cannabis industry continues to grow. The role of the bud tender is likely to become even more important in ensuring that the success of the business and satisfaction of customers. So 
I think it's, I, I don't know of any bud tenders that really have that direct connect to producer processors, retailers. I think there's a lot of ego in this industry where a lot of people think they know what to do and they're not asking anybody's opinion. But I, I agree with chat GPT that they are important and should be looked at in that light. Yeah. And I think one of the problems right now is that bud tenders don't have a base knowledge and what they're relying on is like brand specific education to teach them the base knowledge. And that brand specific education isn't always like an accurate depiction of the base knowledge. So if we could all just get on the same page as far as like cannabis science goes and product knowledge, just so to know how like the plant gets created and the products get created then the bud tender will be more confident in saying or to anybody, whether it be the consumer or the vendor, like this isn't very good or this is actually really, really excellent. So it's like the bud tender's role is incredibly important. They're just, they're not getting a lot of support right now. It's like up to the bud tender to educate themselves, but like that's usually off of like working hours or they have to pay for some crazy expensive course that will only get them so far and it's months long it's a huge, might be a huge time investment too i mean we thought about all of those things as we were putting our product together and we really wanted to create something that could be an onboarding tool so that who if whoever the dispensary hires off the street if they're a casual cannabis user they can take our course and in 10 shifts become an expert level cannabis seller mm -hmm. um, so i asked chat gpt what are the ways that we can inform and educate bud tenders. It said that there's several ways to educate. So to you, to you guys' point, there's on-the-job training. So that's learning and doing ways to educate. Um, they can include product knowledge or customer service, sales techniques. There's also workshops and seminars that they're probably not going to get reimbursed for or even um, encouraged to go to. So you have to be willing to go and pay for that. But those are organizations or workshop seminars for bud tenders to educate them about the latest industry trends or regulations or products. There's online courses, a lot more available now. So webinars are convenient, accessible ways to educate bud tenders and learn their own pace and access courses from anywhere. Industry events, like you mentioned, again, very expensive and rare in Washington. We don't have anything so going on in this state. <laughs> Even Portland, like Portland doesn't have anything going on worth going to, uh, it seems like. But in theory, uh, you could attend some industry events, trade shows, conferences, uh, and that provides bud tenders with valuable education and network opportunities. And then collaboration with industry experts is maybe the most underutilized because you could do that from Zoom or anywhere and collaborate with industry experts. Subject matter specialists provide bud tenders with a deep understanding on specific topics like medical benefits of cannabis. So it's important to continuously educate and train bud tenders to ensure that they have the knowledge and skills to provide high quality customer service and advice to consumers. All of that from an AI bot. I yeah. love the chat GPT. It's so interesting to to play with that chat GPT. Is that yeah. GPT. Yeah. Uh, letters again. Who, who knows? Right. But yeah, it's so interesting. And I, I mean, I agree. Mm -hmm. I think that that's a lot of really good information there. And um, oh, there was one point that I thought about, but I forgot about it, and I'll I'll bring it back if I, <laughs> if I remember what it was. On the job training, workshops, and seminars. Oh on yes. Courses. Thank you. It, mm -hmm. It's that all of those things are still putting the burden of education on the bud tender, which is great because if you're a bud tender and you're, and you're uh, enthusiastic about the industry and you want to see how far your career can go, do those things. Absolutely. Get those certifications, attend the events, make the connections. Because no matter what, 
those that's going to help your career overall. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, that if you're if the dispensary is relying on the bud tenders to educate themselves, you don't have any kind of standard for what that education looks like because everybody's being educated a little bit differently. And then you kind of have to like wait for the unicorn bud tender to come into your interview room and join your and ask to join your team. Mm-hmm. Whereas if the dispensary can take uh, can manage their own education, they've all, all they've like all of a sudden expanded their pool of bud tenders because they can say, you know, a little bit, you love weed. I see the passion in you. Okay, here, go through this program. And now you'll be able to sell to anybody here. And then you can also take that to another dispensary when you decide to grow your career. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there's a happy medium and a necessary um, uh, cohesion between ways to inform bud tenders and obviously the bud tenders informing the consumers, mm-hmm. right? There, there's sure. Because that um, the Supernova brand was a recommendation from Kush 21, an employee mm-hmm. bud tender recommendation. So I'm like, Y'all, did you just not do you just not know because you haven't like been there long enough? This is the first one you grabbed, and you're like, This is fire, or like, how in the world did you recommend that? (laughs) You're right. So, I think there's 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 a need for root knowledge because they need to be better educated on what else is out there. Like, why did you Mm -hmm. pick this trash? That's I went in there and asked the manager who picked this. I really want to pick their brain, I gotta know why somebody would pick this trash and recommend it. Who did it? Well, and even to your your point specifically, you have your $150 indoor grown ounce mm-hmm. and then you have your $30 outdoor sun grown ounce. There's a huge conversation that's not being had about the differences, the differences between outdoor and indoor. And bud tenders don't always realize that there are great benefits to choosing sun grown outdoor weed, even though maybe the numbers aren't quite as high as indoor, maybe the, the might um, not look nice as nice as frosty because the wind has blown the, you know, the trichomes yeah. away, whatever. Um, but the sun grown weed, it can really stand their, stand their own against a lot of the indoor stuff. Mm-hmm. And that lack of education, it just kind of shows you that right there. So we, we've mentioned a lot about the problems. So let's dive into some of the solutions. I, ch- I asked chat GPT about the best ways to educate people on cannabis. It didn't mention root knowledge. I'm assuming it hasn't, it doesn't know about it yet. Uh, but, We're pretty new. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think a lot of it is actually capped to 2021. Uh, okay. so the last couple of years, it doesn't know about anything, but it said, uh, and I quote, uh, there's no one size fits all answer to the question about best ways to educate people on cannabis. Uh, but it will vary depending on the audience and the goals of the education. But there are some methods that could be effective in educating people about cannabis. Number one, use evidence-based information. It's important to provide accurate and scientifically backed information about the effects and risks of cannabis use. Number two, hold information sessions. The sessions can be held in schools or community centers. Number three, utilize multimedia resources uh, like videos and infographics um, that can help make this information more engaging and easier to understand, uh, especially with short-term uh, attention. Number four is uh, partners and organizations, so collaborating with people. And then number five, uh, encourage open and honest dialogue. So, I mean, it's just basically saying like collaborate and partner and use media and hold information sessions and use evidence. I actually think that. Um, anecdotal information is really important too. Like if you tell me something helped you, 
I'm going to believe that way more than I'm going to believe some double-blinded study from the FDA backed by Pfizer or whatever, totally. you know, like, uh-uh. I, am, I mean, <laughs> no. Nah. I'll believe one person like my neighbor over anything that I see on mainstream media. So evidence, sure, I want to be able to inform myself, uh, but it seems like so much stuff is biased and paid for by somebody that you need to use, you know, two of your own brain cells at a minimum to come up with stuff these days. So having said all of that, there's a lot of ways to educate people on cannabis. I don't think chat GPT really nailed it. Uh, what else is out there, ladies? Well, there's us, there's Tank Root <laughs> dispensary training. And like we said earlier, we're really giving the responsibility back to the dispensaries to train their staff. And I think as the world is going and this weird recession is happening, it's really imperative for businesses to be like, to stand out as a business employer. And if I was going between two dispensaries, one dispensary didn't give me training and one dispensary did give me thorough training, I would go for the one that gave me training and education over the one that didn't because they are investing in me. They want me to be there. They There's clearly a standard that we are all going to be like learning at. And then what a great place to jump off when I find the passion of depending on whatever it is that I want to be interested in the dispensary. But just like knowing that my employer cares about me is huge in this day and age of like Gen Z's coming into the workplace. And, you know, like business people need to stand out to employees. And I think with an educational training, there will that is like one huge standout. Plus, people are going to be returning more because the bartender is going to be able to talk to them, you know, well, no, not like me right now, <laughs> but, you know, and it's like returning customers means more tips, means more money, means more higher ticket prices. So it's just like a win, 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 win. If somebody has just training, you know, like the simple step of just knowing, having a training situation going on in their dispensary over somebody that doesn't and then it's up, up to you to train yourself yeah and one other thing that we are we look for too is interactive training because there's you know there's lots of different online courses that you can take um, through a handful of community colleges or even universities around the country now um but um interactive sure, training. thank you interactive training the, the reports show over and over again that the more the person can practice an interactive uh, scenario in real life with somebody, they're going to become better salespeople. Um, so that's the other thing that we really look for is how is the knowledge getting into the person's system, you know, it's to be automatic and, and easy. And we provide those scenarios. You know, we encourage the trainer to say, okay, so-and-so walked in, they want the highest percentage, they, they, this is what they are. How do you sell to this person? And then the trainee can just be like, okay, well, let me change the conversation from percentages to terpenes and then go from the terpene conversation to how they want to experience, experience and then figure out the product type. So there's like a method and a way to walk through any situation that a bartender might experience. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of the retailers and just uh, managers in general want to keep costs really low. And in their minds, 
they have this idea where they have to go to a website like Lemonade and drop, you know, minimum $10,000 on this cute little infographic that they have designed by a company to educate their staff on. When in reality, it doesn't even have to be that complicated. A lot of the individuals that get into the industry are kind of, um, you know, altruistic or, or they, they get in for different reasons, not maybe not understanding that this is a true retail job, like working at a mall. It's really no no different. And I think a lot of people kind of get into it for other reasons, unrealistic expectations about working in the cannabis industry. Yeah. Uh, when the job is a stepping stone, it is a great uh, opportunity, but I, I don't think people really realize that it's just it's just a job. Um, and so there's a lot of turnover. For, for what for that reason and many, many other reasons, there is a ton of turnover. Um, how do you anticipate that this education can help kind of get bud tenders rooted longer and create more opportunities for those that give them that education? That's a great question. And um, I think long term, our plan is to begin offering continuing education opportunities so that if a dispensary is in a membership program with us, they will get all of this new continuing ed seminars that they can offer to their staff so that they can they're excited to continue their own education. So it's an incentive for them to stay um, when the you know, when the dispensary is invested in making the bud tender better. The bun tender is going to be more likely to stay with them for the course of their education, you know, whether they're taking a course at a community college or they're doing online continuing mm -hmm. ed seminars with Take Root. Um, so it really it just seems to always go, go back to investing in your bud tender and making yourself making the making the dispensary be the best employer and a standout employer in the industry. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah. Um, any um, success stories or feedback that you've had in the field with this is, I mean, I'm sure it's um, better than uh, what's out there because I haven't really seen a whole lot. There's some stuff behind the scenes. I think uh, Top Tender is kind of a, a software that's behind the scenes, but that's already assuming that they've been employed. Whereas this sort of seems like day one, here's how you get going and get better. And um, yeah, what's, what's your feedback on it so far? Yeah, so um, our our uh, platform as it exists currently is just now launching. So we don't have anybody who's been able to go through any dispensaries who've been able to go through it. Um, our beta client back in 2021 really enjoyed uh, the content, but it was at that time it was just kind of delivered as a textbook. Mm -hmm. So there wasn't any kind of like guarantee that people were going through or anything mm -hmm. um, that they're actually doing it, which is why we changed directions and really wanted to put it online as an online course. So now we have the, our online course. We've had a couple um, peers go through it, including a cannabis educator named Anna Simons and um, a bud tender peer, um, Lotta Braithwaite, mm -hmm. both from, well, actually, Anna's in Hawaii wow. now. Yeah. Um, and then Lotta is in Seattle area. But they have both gone through it just to help us make sure that what we were teaching was accurate to the mm -hmm. industry and make sure that everything looks good. And they were both very impressed. There was minimal feedback, just kind of like clarifying a few things there, but I mean, it made hundred percent made the text better. Yeah. And um, yeah, so now we're excited to get it in front of a couple dispensaries. Um, we have a couple demos on the books. So that's awesome. just excited to get out there and continue getting feedback. So if there's anybody who wants some more information, they want to talk to you, they want to get uh, some more details, maybe even get a demo. How can they reach you guys? Where are you guys at? 
Yeah, absolutely. We're online at takerootdispotraining.com and that's D-I-S-P-O training. Um, you can also find us on Instagram, Instagram and LinkedIn at the same place and Facebook, mm -hmm. Take Root Dispensary Training. Um, or you can email us directly at hello at takerootdispotraining.com. Okay. And I will leave uh, a link to, um, if you guys are on LinkedIn, I will leave a link there. Um, and that's about all we can do. Otherwise, we get strikes and warnings and all that fun stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so I think with that, we're going to have to roll this one up. So I want to thank my guests, Ashleen and Riley Aguilar, uh, Take Root. Um, and uh, you guys can check out their website too. So uh, very interesting stuff with uh, Root Knowledge, Bud Tender's Guide to Cannabis. So again, thanks again for being on The Talking Edge. I appreciate your time. Absolutely. Thanks, thanks for, for having, having us, us on. Yeah. And don't forget about the Chronic Gals podcast. You guys can check them out up there as well. But again, yep. we're out of here. So I'm Josh Kincaid. This is The Talking Hedge. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Or don't. And I'm out. <laughs> Don't forget to smash that like button on your way out and check out these other videos that we've got. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hi, my name's Kate, and I'm your host of the Pop Moms podcast. I started the Pop Moms podcast well, because I wanted to end the stigma against using cannabis, specifically with moms, but also anyone who chooses to consume. I strive for a balance of humor and education, along with some pretty rad guests, to help combat social biases that come with consuming cannabis. Kids are hard. Join me for regular podcast episodes packed with parenting hacks, real-life stories, and of course, my favorite cannabis products. The days are long, but the years are short. So roll another J and take a deep breath. Keep blazing and stay amazing.